We've been talking about the nine habits of a overcoming follower of Christ. And these nine habits are, are things that Pastor Needs and I have noticed over two decades of ministry. Where there are people who practice these nine things. And a habit means, you know, it's pretty much you, you do it daily. There is a repetition to, to these things. It's, it, sometimes a, a habit is when a discipline has become so comfortable and, and we've become so confident in it that we really don't even think about it anymore. But, but these are Christian disciplines that those who seem to be overcoming things in this life that others don't, those who follow Christ have these habits in their life. If you have the habit of being late for work, guess what will happen? You probably won't have a job eventually. If you, if you have the habit of, of, of telling authority no, you're probably going to end up one day either without a job or you're going to end up in jail or you're going to end up court-martialed. Or You know, you understand, if you have a habit of doing more than what's asked of you, then you're probably going to end up getting promoted. And these are the nine habits of an overcoming follower of Christ that we've discovered over the last 20 years. The first is, are you guys with me? All right. The first is that they study the Bible. They put the word of God first in their life. The second is that they seem to be constantly in prayer. We could say communicating with God continually. The third, and we're talking about that today, is they consider their ways. The fourth is that they're very missional. What I mean by missional is they love God with all their heart. They love the church. They love people. They lead people to Jesus because that is our purpose. And then they teach them how to follow him. And that takes involvement in people's lives. Number five, they are generous. The sixth habit is they attend church and they participate in the church community. The seventh habit is that they, they're, they're servants. They're involved in their church. They're involved in their community and they're laying down their life uh, for the community. Number eight, they practice gratitude. Let me just pause. Gratitude, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Then we come into the holy of holies and we start to deal directly with him in a very intimate way. We can't even get to praise if we're not thankful. And that is a habit that we need to begin developing if we don't have it in our lives already. So why, is, why are these things important? Because everybody's going to have a test. Everybody's going to have a trial. Everybody's going to have a tribulation. And they're going to keep coming. We live in a world that has fallen and we're called to grab a hold of the fallen world, set it right, and, and give it back to God. We're called to go through some rough places, do some tough things. But without these habits, we will, we will fail. And we won't make an impact. We won't make a change in the world around us, let alone in our lives. But those who practice these habits, they tend to have victory on their lips. That's why they have gratitude always coming from them. 
They tend to see the world as, as something beautiful and something bold that they can grab a hold of and make a difference in. Where, where people who don't practice these may be hopeless, but in Christ we're supposed to have hope. Where, where, the, where people who don't practice these nine things, they tend to be upset a lot, they're grumpy, and they're supposed to produce joy. Come on. We're to see the best in every person, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, but if we don't practice these things, we will become critical. Come on. If, if we're supposed to be positive about what God has done in this world and what he's doing in our life, but if we don't practice these things, our conversation and our attitude is going to be negative. And I want to share something with you. If you're negative, guess what negativity does? It subtracts from your life. It subtracts from your occupation. It subtracts from your marriage. It subtracts from every relationship you have. It'll even subtract from your checkbook and your investments negativity will kill you eventually spiritually. And we're supposed to be positive. Number nine, number nine, you know, they produce joy. We need to do that. We want to talk about these things because stuff happens. And it's going to keep happening. Why are these things happening in our lives? Sometimes... The same thing happens over and over and over and over and over. The faces change. The, the circumstances change. But it's the same test and it's the same trial and it's the same failure over and over and over again. And that, my friend, is not what we're supposed to live in Christ. Jesus came to give us life and give it to us in abundance. He came to fulfill our life and to give us good things in Christ Jesus because there's going to be bad things that happen. There's going to be tests and there's going to be trials. So, so, so we, when, we, when we put these things into practice in our life, we begin to change the direction of our lives. So today we're going to talk about attending, uh, considering our ways. Everybody say considering our ways. Are you considering what considering your ways means? Scrutinize yourself. Ask yourself some tough questions. Don't let yourself slide. Don't beat yourself up, but don't be afraid to question yourself. Look at your heart. Look at your thoughts. Look at your words. Come on, look at your action. Why do things continually happen to me? What is it that's happening in my life over and over again? And here, here's why we consider. Because we realize there's things that we can make adjustments in that can change what's happening to us. Haggai chapter 1, verse 5. This is our text scripture. I'm going to read it to you in the New King James. The Lord says to the nation of Israel, Now therefore, thus saith... I can't even read King James. Now saith the Lord... Oh my goodness. God said, Consider your ways. Think about your life. 
14 different translations. Give careful thought. Look at what's happening. Consider your own ways in your heart. Carefully consider. I like this one. Don't you see what's happening? <laughs> Think carefully about your ways. Think carefully about what you're doing. Think about what you've done. Consider how you fared. Now, set your heart to your ways. Lay your heart on all your doings. Direct your heart into your ways. See your heart. I like this. To consider your ways. Why do we do that? Because I hope you're not... I hope that you're not... I hope that you're not satisfied with where you are today. If, if you're, there's a difference between being content and being satisfied. I hope you're not satisfied with where you are today. The Apostle Paul said, I press on to take hold of which Christ took hold of me. There is a press. There is a push. There is something on the inside that has to be developed so that we will reach in to strive, stretch ourselves to be better than we are today because this world without Jesus sucks. And it's getting suckier. It's getting darker. I could not imagine trying to navigate life today with everything that's going on and the things that are being taught and said. I couldn't imagine trying to navigate even a life, let alone a marriage and raise kids and run a business. I couldn't imagine doing that without Jesus being in the center of my life. I may not be able to improve everything. I, I, I can't jump inside somebody's head and make them change how they think. I, I can't change their heart. I, I can't make them want to do something different. The only, the, listen, the one thing that we can be sure we can improve on in this world is ourselves. The one thing we can be sure that we can improve on in this world is ourselves. And when we improve on ourselves, everything around us begins to change. I didn't say it gets easier, but it begins to change for the better. When we improve upon ourselves, that's why we practice the Christian disciplines. That's why we, we want to bring these nine habits into our life so that we can improve ourselves, which will begin to transform the world. You know, this statement, consider your ways in the Hebrew, is mentioned like eight times in the Old Testament. And in the Hebrew, consider your ways literally means this. Are you ready? Apply your heart to the path of yesterday. Apply your heart to the path you took yesterday. And really it means yesterdays. See, because you're exactly where you're at because of the path you walked. You didn't just wake up and you're here. No, you're here because of the path that you chose or the path that you didn't choose. Because, guys, life is going to happen. It doesn't stop happening. 
It's kind of like trying to go up a downway escalator, escalator. And when you stop putting the effort in going up, guess where you're going to end up at the bottom? Life is kind of like that. You didn't just wake up and by accident you're here today. You are exactly where you're at today. I'm exactly where I'm at today because of the path that I have chosen. And the word of God says that we're to apply our heart to our path of yesterday. Lamentations 3.40 says this, Instead, let us test and examine our ways. That test our ways is exactly this. Instead, let us apply our heart to the path of yesterday and let's turn back to the Lord. Nobody ends up where they... I'm saying some deep things, guys, but I'm I'm trying to make it easy to grasp. Nobody ends up where they want to be without considering their ways. Nobody ends up where they want to be without applying their heart to the path of yesterday. Because if you don't do that, you can't make adjustments in your life to get to where you want to be. And, 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 I, and I know that, that you don't want to be in the same place you were last year, next year. I hope that you don't want to be right where you're at today, spiritually, emotionally, and, and socially, and physically, and financially. I know. You, I hope you don't want to be where you're at today in five years. I hope you want to be in a better place so that you can be a bigger blessing. Nobody ends up where they want to be without considering their ways. See, we want to attain our goals and reach our intended destinations. As Christians, we want to reach the goals that we set with God, and we want to reach the intended destination that he has placed in our life. We get that in that corporate worship. We get that in time with God, and he shares with you what you're to do, where you're to be. And it may be vague, but the question is, are you making decisions today? Are are your habits, is the path that you're on going to lead you to Jesus' intended destination? Or are you just on a path to the same place because you're going around the mountain one more time? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 says, Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. We get a vision from God and we see where he wants us to be, but we fail to ask him, what is the path I'm to take to get there? And we think that the vision that we had in 1999 and that information is enough to be able to walk in 2022. It's not. I need to consult the pathmaker. We need to consult the one who, who said, this is the destination and I'm going to walk with you along this journey. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no one comes to the Father except by me. We have to make adjustments daily. Consider our ways. Put, go to our heart and think about our path of yesterday. We don't do that alone. We do that with God's help. I hope we want our tomorrow to be better than our yesterday. If we don't consider our ways, we will have no hope for our tomorrow. Because we can't see a path to get there. We can't see a path 
to being able to achieve the things that God has put in our heart or change the things that are happening around us because we're not considering our ways. We're not, we're, we're not taking our heart and applying it toward our path the way we walked yesterday. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. Why, why would we consider our ways? Because Jesus wants to give us a rich and satisfying life, but we're doing the things that he'd want us to do. We're not making the adjustments in our life, and we won't make the adjustments in our life until we consider our path of yesterday. And we compare that with some things. Why do we want to consider our ways? Guys, this is the most important to me. Matthew 25, 21. Jesus gives the parable of the ten talents. And, and the ones that did well with what Jesus gave them. Jesus said this. The master was full of praise. And he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, on the other hand, there was a guy who he gave one bag of silver, and he was afraid, and he buried the thing. He didn't do anything with it. He didn't even consider what he was supposed to do with it, let alone consider his ways while the master was gone. He came back, and the master said, where's my stuff? He said, the other guy said, hey, you gave me five bags of silver. Look, I made five more. The other guy said, you gave me two bags of silver, and I made two more. Here's four for you, Lord. And he said, well done. You've been really good with a little Take charge of much. Come, let us celebrate in the joy of the Lord. That's what he said. But the one who buried it, he said, you wicked and you lazy servant. And he told, told, the, told the guards, take away the bag, that one bag from him, and give it to the guy who has ten, and throw that lazy, wicked servant out in the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you think that's the destination that he wanted? When the Lord gave him one bag of silver, do you think his intention and his, his, his desire was to end up in a place that sounds like hell? It wasn't, but he didn't consider his ways. He, he stayed where he was and he was afraid and he buried the thing and he didn't deal with the issues. He didn't consider what he had to do to change, to turn that into something better, to take what he had and grow and increase it. And God has given you your life with talent. He's given your life with ability and he wants you to take it and make something out of it more than what he gave you he wants to see you grow and he wants to see you multiply and then he wants to say well done well done well done my good and faithful servant we began in the book of Haggai let me set it for you the children of Israel were disobedient in their own nation. And the Lord kept warning them through the prophets, consider your ways, get this stuff right, come on, F fix, fix what you're doing, make some adjustments in your heart, change your attitude, or else what's going to happen is you're going to be taken away into captivity. And that's exactly what happened. They were taken away into captivity by Babylon and by Persia. Persia ended up being the, 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 the one that dominated everything. And the Persian law set the children of Israel free with the purpose to rebuild their city, Jerusalem. To rebuild the walls, 
to rebuild the houses, to rebuild the temple of God. As a matter of fact, the king of Persia actually took taxes and said, here's how you're going to pay for it. The government's going to pay for it. You just got to do it. But they, they went back and they started restoring the walls and they did a pretty good job. And then they started restoring the temple. And so people got upset with them and they had a little bit of resistance and they put their arms up in the air and they quit. And they went home and they built their houses. And they had some pretty nice houses. They went from being slaves to a couple years later, they're living in nice houses. And here's what God said in verse 2. You people are saying the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent a message to the prophet Haggai. He said, why are you living in luxurious houses and while my house lies in ruin. This is what the Lord of heaven, the heaven of armies says, look at what's happening to you. Set your heart to your path of yesterday. You've planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you're not full. You're not satisfied. You drink, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you can't keep warm. You make money, but you put your wages, they disappear as though you're putting them into pockets filled with holes. It seems like you're trying to swim upstream in the river. It seems like you're fighting the invisible hand of God. It seems like God himself is frustrating everything you're doing. God says, now consider your ways. Look at what's happening to you. And then verse 8, he says, Now go up to the hills and bring down the timber and rebuild my house. Then I'll take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. And he goes on, he says, And the blessing of the Lord will come. Consider your ways. So, the children of Israel had a task, and they didn't do it because they faced resistance. They used that excuse to go back and build up their own lives and left the Lord's house in ruin. This isn't about restoring the cathedral, guys. This is, this is about considering your ways. Why do these things keep happening? Why do things keep breaking down? Why is it that I keep making money but nothing sticks? Why is it that every relationship ends in ruins? Why is it, why is it that I, I get myself caught in these traps and I keep criticizing myself to the point that I, I'm paralyzed? Why do these things keep happening? And God is saying, it's because of what you do. It's because of the path of yesterday. You're where you're at today because of the path that you took yesterday and the day before and the day before. Now, you can change the direction. You can change the direction which will change your destination. Nobody gets to where they want to go without considering their way as they go. And when we find that we're off and we're not heading toward the right destination, we make a little adjustment and we get back on the right track and eventually we're going to end up in, in our intended destiny, intended glory. Here's what we do, though. Instead of considering our ways, we consider our shortage. We consider our lack. We consider the actions and thoughts of others. 
we consider the circumstances and we consider the situations. And it's all about them. And nothing's about us. And nothing's going to change. We tend to, and I, it's my, we're human, okay? This is our natural bent. We tend to look at our circumstances and our situations. When God says, don't, don't look at those things. Consider your ways. Put your heart to your path of yesterday. Now, he says, now don't, don't, don't consider how you feel. Don't consider what's happening. Don't consider what we, what we want. Don't consider how other people are treating us. Don't consider what has been done to me. Don't consider what I did wrong. I want this to go up on the screen. Without considering our ways, things will go from bad to worse. They'll go from hard to more difficult. And from discomfort to pain. Leave that up there for just for a minute. Without the habit of considering our ways, things will go from bad to worse. Been there? I have. They'll go from hard to more difficult. Been there? <laughs> I have. And they'll go from, I don't like the way this feels, to ouch, this hurts. And what we do is we start to consider the circumstances and situations and we say, well, if this hadn't happened, I wouldn't be in this situation. If this person had said, hadn't have said that, I would be in better off. If this person hadn't come against and fought me on this, then, then I would be in a different place. Don't consider your situation, your circumstances. Don't try and place the blame. Consider, put your heart towards your path of yesterday. And I'm not going to worry about the time, guys, this morning. So, so instead of looking at the circumstances and situations, we want to do this. If we're going to consider our ways, what can I do? Not what I did wrong. What can I do better? Satan wants you to think about what you did wrong. It, 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 it's not... Satan wants you to look at your circumstances, your situations, and what we need to look at is we're going to say, what am I doing that can produce a change in what's happening? I feel cursed. Everything seems broken. Stinking devil. Now, what can I do to make it easy for the easier? What can I do to make it easier for the blessing of the Lord to flow? I want, to put my, I want to put my heart, I'm looking at my past so that I can change my future. I'm struggling in my body and I'm saying oh, stupid chemicals, stupid hormones, stupid, you know, we all, all this stuff's on the earth. What can, instead of looking at those things, what can I do to promote health in my body? What can I do to make it easier for there to be peace in my home? What can I do to make it easier for God to put his favor on my business dealings? See, see, without a change, we're going to experience the same thing over and over and over again. I want to read Haggai chapter 1 verse 7 through 11. Please stay with me because this will change you. This is what the Lord of the heavens, uh, this is what God said. Consider your ways. Look at what's happening to you. Now, go up to the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. Now, then I'll take pleasure in it and be honored. 
See, you hoped for rich, a rich harvest, but they were poor. And, and when you brought in your harvest from home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house rise, r- lies in ruins. While all of you are so busy building your fine houses, verse 10, it's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. God says, I have called for a drought on your fields and on your hills, a drought to wither the grain and the grapes and the olives and the other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you've worked so hard to get. Why? Because you're not on the right path. And you know it because God told you what the path was. Rebuild my house. Your, Your path may not be rebuild the house. Your path may be something totally different, but God will tell you what that path is. (laughs) Listen, this is on the screen. Without the habit of considering your ways, we continue to walk blindly, creating more unintended and unwanted consequences, and we will fail to achieve anything meaningful in our lives. Why do I keep having this problem? Because we're on the same path, and we've been on the same path for 30 years. But it's, I, just, I just can't change. Well, don't worry about change. If you're on the wrong path, listen, I'm trying to please Jesus, and you're in church, so I know you're not that far off. Come on. I just need to make an adjustment. And a small adjustment will be a big change in a week. In a month, it'll be a huge change. In a lifetime, it'll change my destiny. Little adjustments and little nudges. Judge yourself. I don't like that. Okay, then consider your ways. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says, For if we judged ourselves, we would not be judged. Well, that's pretty good, isn't it? Are you afraid God's going to judge you? Well, judge yourself first and make just a little change. Make a little adjustment. Maybe we've we've communicated this wrongly in the body of Christ. We have taught that repentance means to turn. No, we repent and then we turn. But I want you to see this. We've always talked about, okay, Lord, I'm going this way. I am sorry. I won't do that again. Then we take the action and we say, we turn. Here's what I want you to see. Repentance on a daily basis when you consider your ways is you're heading this way and you realize you don't like the path you're on because you know where it's going to head. God, help me. Okay, I see that. Lord, I commit I will do that. And we make a little change. The idea that is a big change. Now listen, if it's, if it's adultery, if it's, if it's stealing, if, if it's something that leads to death according to the scripture, that's a big change. But hold on, you're, you're, you're Christians, you love Jesus, he's in your heart, you talk to him. So it's not going to be a big change, it's usually going to be a small adjustment that will change the trajectory of your life. Hmm. Okay. So if I'm going to judge myself, what do I judge myself against? I'm going to judge myself against 
the standard I find in God's word. That's why we have to make the word of God first in our life. I'm going to judge myself. I'm going to test myself against what the spirit has revealed. And I'm going to judge and I'm going to test myself. Listen to this. Against the actions of those in the body of Christ that I admire. You say, well, we're not supposed to compare ourselves to other people. Well, the Apostle Paul said, you follow me as I follow Christ. So there is a comparison, a test. You test yourself against those that you, that you, that you admire in the body of Christ. And, and you begin to compare yourself. And when you see there's a difference between the standard of God's word or what the Spirit has revealed to you about your behavior, your conduct, your actions, your thoughts, your inner heart, whatever it is, and you compare yourself against the, 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 the actions the responses that you see in those that you admire in the body of Christ, and there's a difference, then it's time to make an example. Make a little nudge. Take, take a little nugget. Put that into your life. Make that change. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 5 says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If, you, if not, um, you failed the test of genuine faith. Test yourself. Examine yourself. If there's one thing that's lacking in, lacking in the body of Christ, it's self-examination. It, 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 it's reflection. It, it's putting, testing yourself against God's word. Testing yourself against what God has revealed to you in the spirit. If there's one thing that's lacking, it's that. Do you realize if you would test yourself and, and make a judgment and, and, and then make an adjustment that you will not be judged? Praise the Lord. He says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Now, this is interesting. He says, surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. Say among you. So, this is a big test. Is Jesus part of my journey? Not just my weekend experience. Is Jesus part of my daily journey? Question number one. We ask ourselves, Okay, I'm applying my heart to my path of yesterday. Is the path that I'm on one that I've created or is it one that Jesus prepared for me? Is the path that I'm on one that I've created and am I, and am I asking him to bless that path or am I on the path that he created for me? That he, am I on the way to where he told me he wants me to be? Am I doing the things that are going to get me to where he wants me to be? Or did I compromise and I say, okay, I got, I'm going to go this way. I know you want me to go right, but I just kind of want to go a little more toward middle here. God, will you bless that? And when we do that, we frustrate our spirits. And we get angry quickly in our mind because we're trying to please God, but we're on our own path. So this is the question, is Jesus on my journey? Well, the first thing you need to know is, are you on the path 
that you created or one that Jesus created for you before the foundation of the world? Number two, will my current ways lead me to the life that Jesus intends for me? Will my current habits, practices, and disciplines, the things that I do, the way that I respond to people, what, what I think about, how I talk, are these things going to take me to where Jesus intends me to be? Well, if not, you got to make a choice. Come on, judge yourself and say, God, I'm sorry. I guess I've been doing this all on my own the way that I want to do it. That's not the way that you've been talking to me to do it. I'm going to make a little adjustment today. It might be too much to bite off everything. I don't think I can chew that much today, but I'll do this today. And I commit it to you in prayer. Here, here's the last one, last question. Is Jesus part of my journey? Am I aware of Jesus throughout the day? See, I think that's, that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus is among you. Am I aware of the presence of Jesus throughout my day? Or do I wake up in the morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. God, I just ask that you bless this day and make it easy and cause the things to work out that I want to work out. In Jesus' name, amen. And your amen is a goodbye instead of a let it be. And then you get busy throughout the day and you don't think about the things of God and you're not testing yourself and you're not examining yourself against the presence of the Lord, against the word of God. And you get to bed that night and you were so busy doing things even for God, and, and, but you weren't with him, you weren't aware of his presence because you were so busy with the cares of this life and the things that you think that you're supposed to do on the path that you created. And you'll find out that Jesus doesn't walk on the path that you created. He walks on the path that he created for you before the foundation of the world. And you wake up and you say, hi, God, I just love you. Make today great. Amen. Goodbye. And then you go to bed. You say, oh, God, this was a really tough day. Help me to sleep tonight and make tomorrow better. Am I aware of the presence of Jesus throughout my day? Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Put your heart toward your path of yesterday. You see, many people never really repent because they have no action step. They have no step toward change. Considering our ways should produce a change. If you consider your ways and they don't produce a change, the Apostle Paul said that godly sorrow produces death. But worldly sorrow, or godly sorrow, produces repentance, which produces life, and worldly sorrow produces death. Let me explain. If I consider my ways and I find out I'm on the wrong path, if I consider my ways and I find out that, that I'm asking Jesus to bless something that I want to do and he didn't ask me to do, I'm doing it in a different way. If, if, I, if I consider my ways and I realize that I haven't been aware of his presence, and I leave it at that, I'm going to have condemnation, I'm going to have guilt, and I'm going to have conviction, and eventually those things are going to wrap me up and I won't be able to move. I'll be like Lazarus with the grave clothes on, I can, but I can't move like I'm supposed to move. I can't walk on the path I'm supposed to walk because I'm all bound up with guilt, condemnation. We say things like, I need to, 
I should, I have to, I've got to do more. Repentance brings about a turn. You still, you're going to walk, you're going to walk either way. You can walk into guilt, you can walk into shame, you can walk into conviction, and you can keep yourself bound, or you can just make a little adjustment in the, the path that you're on, trying to get back to where Jesus called you, because you probably won't find it the first day, the second day, the third day. It's going to be a continual, continual habit of making adjustments, and when you make this, this little change, and then you step, because you're going to walk anyway, you get that? Then there's no guilt. Then there's no shame. Then there's no conviction. Because there's light at the end of the tunnel. Repentance requires a turn. Requ repentance requires an adjustment. Re re repentance requires a little bite-sized nugget of change. And you can see how that's going to lead me to the death. I can see how that's going to lead me to the destination that Jesus has called me to. I, I can see it better than I did before. I can finally see the light. At, I may not see the way, but I see the light at the end of the tunnel. But without the change, I'm still walking in darkness. I'm still walking in bondage. I'm still walking as if I'm a slave to my sin nature. Albert Einstein is credited by saying, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And we as Christians tend to think, as long as I hang in there, God's going to make my life better. As long as I keep going to church, as long as I keep reading the word, as long as I keep praying, God's going to make my life better. And that isn't true. You keep doing the same thing without the turn, without the change, without the bite-sized negative adjustment in our life. You're going to keep going on the same path and you're going to end up in the same place. Oh, but if I make that turn, if I make that adjustment, if I make that small change, my life is going to change in everything around me. And God will tell you what to do. In verse 8, he said, now go up to the hills. You guys bring down timber and rebuild my house and take pleasure. And I'll take pleasure in it. I want you to see some. He didn't just say, all right, you know what you're supposed to do. Go do it. This is the way God is. He will tell you. One little thing to do. Now, I kind of got an idea about what rebuilding a temple is like. Going to Menards and getting some wood is not all there is to it. But until we went to Menards and got some wood, we didn't know what the next step was. God will always show you the next step, the little bite size. Maybe it sounds big to you. Go up to the timber or go up to the forward mountain and pull down some timber. But for you and for me, it's, it'd be like, go down the street, buy some two-by-fours. I can do that. I have no idea how you tear a roof off and put a new roof on and put st I have no idea how you make stained glasses broken whole again. I have no idea how you support a platform that was completely collapsed. I, I don't, but I can buy some tube pours. 
And God will show you where the two by fours are in your life that you need to go get. Psalms 139 says, search me, O God, verse 23, and know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. Don't try and do this on your, by yourself. Because you, you're going to over-scrutinize yourself. You're going to beat yourself up. You know what? You're going to make yourself unworthy in your own mind. Do it with God. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Now, God, here's what I want you to do. Point out anything in me that offends you. Point out anything in me that is not on the path. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. God will communicate to you what you need to do. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13 says he'll show you a way out so you can endure. James chapter 1, verse 5 says if you need wisdom, ask God who's generous and he'll give it to you without rebuking you. The changes we should make come from the discipline of considering our ways, putting our heart toward the path of yesterday. 2 Corinthians 7 is a scripture I was quoting. It says godly sorrow produces repentance. That's a new way. That's a new path. That's a little change. It's an adjustment. You know, if we were aware of the presence of God in our lives as we're going throughout the day, God would sound an awful lot like Siri or Alexa saying, turn left at 200 yards. But we don't. And then when he says, when, when God says, all right, now you're going to go five, five blocks up here and then do a U-turn, we say, nope, I know the way I'm going. And then you have to reset your device. Every day we can reset our device. Just consider you. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long because you're just looking for one little thing. Here, I want, to, I want you to put this on the screen. Act. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to ask. He said, he said, God, you show me. Matthew chapter 7 says, ask and it'll be given. Seek and to find. Knock and the door will be opened. First thing that we're going to do every day, we're going to ask, God, is there anything in my life that I need to change so I can be on the path that you have destined for me? Number two, we're going to commit. Everybody say commit. We're going to commit. Proverbs 16, 3 says, commit your actions to the Lord and then your plans will succeed. Now, we commit, our, our, we commit the change to the Lord in prayer. And then, ready? Number three is turn. Make the adjustment. I, I want to use a scripture here, and I want to explain it. Luke chapter 22, verse 32. Jesus is talking to, to Peter. And he says, now listen. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna disown me, dude. I know you love me. I, I know you're willing to die for me, but... Here's, here's what's going to happen. You're going to mess up. You, you're going to actually, you, you're going to deny me. He says, oh, no, not me. I'll go to the cross with you. I'll die with you. Eh, it's going it's to happen. You're going to mess up. It doesn't give you permission to do it, but you are going to mess up. Okay? That doesn't mean that you don't love the Lord. Because he says, but I have, verse 32, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. When you repent, so when you repent and turn to me again, you'll be able to strengthen your brothers. 
you're going to mess up. Don't go without considering how did this happen? Why did I do this again? Lord, show me in my heart. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, I got it. I got it. Okay, I got to avoid that situation. I got to not think that way. I got to quit taking the shortcut. Okay, I got it. Okay. Lord, I, co I commit to you that I am going to, every time I bump up against this, I'm going to check with you and I'm going to take a pause and I'm going to keep walking with you. And then start walking again. Praise the Lord. Act. Ask. Commit. And turn. These are small adjustments. These are small corrections. These are, these are a change in our attitudes or a change in the way that we, th we think. Maybe it's a change in behavior. You guys ready? A person who practices the habit of applying their heart toward the path of yesterday. They make mistakes, but they, they move forward. They fall, but they don't fail. They miss it, but they modify their aim. They stumble, but they regain, they regain their stride. They, they misstep, but they modify their gait. They trip, but they trample the enemy in their path. They may stagger, but, but they stabilize their steps. They may slip, but they slow their stride. They may be in error, but they eradicate the enticement. They may wobble, but the word of God gives them a more stable way. They may sway. Come on, we're going to sway. But they swallow their pride and they ask for help. We may be seduced, but we set ourselves apart from temptation. We may be misled at times, but, but we, we mend the damage that we've done. We may lose our grip, but we're not going to let go. We may sin, and, but we're not going to sweep it under the rug. We may transgress, but we're going to transform the way we think. We may offend, but we We'll own up to what we did. We may blunder, but we'll bear the responsibility. We, we may have an indiscretion in our life, but we will initiate accountability. We may, we may have a lapse of judgment, but, but lead themselves. We lead ourselves to the altar of repentance. We may mismanage something, but we'll make it right. We may trespass, but we, we trace the source of our weakness. We may screw up, but we'll scrutinize our mistake. We may violate, but we're going to vacate those poor choices. We may disobey at times, but we're going to discard ungodly decisions. We may overstep, but we are going to increasingly observe the leading of God. We may not be perfect, but we are being perfected. What do people, come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If if we'll put our hearts toward the path of yesterday, here's what we're going to do. We're going to rise. We're going to climb. We're going to fix. We're going to correct. We're going to perfect. We're going to strengthen. We're going to make adjustments. We're going to assess. We're going to modify. And these things lead to peace, contentment, stability, vitality, ability, happiness, honesty, growth, development, progress, strength, balance, Achievement, security, mercy, grace, favor, blessing, righteousness, and everlasting life. That's why we should consider our ways. That's why we should consider our thoughts. That's why we should consider our motives. That's why we should apply our heart to the path of yesterday.
Are you on the path that Jesus created for you or are you asking him to bless a path that you have made? Are you aware of the presence of Jesus throughout your day? Is Jesus part of your daily journey? Or is he just part of your weekend experience, your, your morning prayer and your bedtime prayer that mama taught you when you were a little kid? Does Jesus guide you? Does he lead you? Is he truly your Lord? Are you making changes in your life on a daily basis? Are you considering your ways? Would you bow your head with me this morning? Father, we thank you for this word. Help us, help us to grasp a hold of it. Help us to, help us to, help us. Increase the desire to test ourselves, to examine ourselves against your word and against your spirit. Help us, Lord Jesus, to make the changes. Speak very clearly in our lives about the things that we should change. If Jesus isn't part of your daily life, I mean, you're not aware of his presence throughout the day. If you realize that you're on your own path and not the one that he created for you, and I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you even to pray a prayer. I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up right now and put it back down. Jesus, be the Lord of our life. Jesus, be the one that we follow. Jesus, be on the path of life with us as we continue this Christian journey together. In Jesus' name.